Hello. Hello. And welcome to episode two of The Haunted. Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And today we are not visiting a famous haunted location. Historical location. We are looking into poltergeists. Yeah, poltergeist activity. And I have got for you two stories... (laughs) Both from the same area. Okay. In London. Yeah. They're not. It's not Enfield. I wanted to kind of steer clear of that. I think that's been done yeah. a, a thousand times. It's and a fascinating case, the Enfield haunting, actually. But I think everyone most knows the ins and outs. That, yeah. The ins and outs of that. Um, but still, two very interesting stories from the same area in London. Now. Um, and also, I think we need to try and get into more the crux of how poltergeist activity starts, um, because obviously it's a. It's a, it's a really malevolent and you know and it's 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 a, it's a bad type of haunting. I mean, it's it's terrifying actually. Poltergeist activity. It has an evil feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's... definitely. A, a lot more than I would say just the haunting. So it's something that we really want to try and understand more why it happens. Well, because a, I think a poltergeist haunting is an intelligent haunting because they know what they you know they're interacting with their surroundings. And interacting with people and things. Yeah, it depends what you mean by intelligent, because they would say an intelligent haunting is something that can interact in terms of. Um, well, they answer. You could you could say like not three times for yes, not what you know once for no. Yeah, so yeah, and, and they can yeah. respond to questions and answer, but you know I think they're aware of what. Of yeah, what they know what they're doing. What they're doing. Like, they know the on. effect they have on people. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Now. Very, very quickly, I'm going to give you the definition. Um, before we start, I just want to give a shout out to of our course. beloved Prince Philip, who died this week, and, and to our beautiful Queen and the royal family. You know, I'm really, I was really um, gutted, actually, Freddie. I was quite surprised how sad I was about that. But it's not only that, it's because men of his generation who fought the war, and it's just another reminder that they're all going to leave us and there aren't many left. So big respect to, to our beautiful Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth. Well, we're recording this the day before the um, funeral. The, the funeral tomorrow. Which, what time does that start? Um, I think it's, it's televised from around two o'clock. I'm not 100% sure. But I'll certainly be, be turning on to pay my last respects. And heartbreaking that only 30 people are allowed. Heartbreaking for any any kind of But I But I think in a way, because a, a funeral is such a just deeply personal thing i think it would just be nice to give the queen a break and just let her not you know just have those very close friends and family there maybe it's worked out for the best but still, for her. Ve- but still very very sad yeah and she was with him for what was well, it since you're seven since you're 17 was, i think she met was him, it like it? something like 78 years yeah very that's long time. that's a lifetime for a lot of people like yeah. a whole life a whole life from start to finish yeah. so very very sad and Obviously, yeah, has our respects. Yeah, absolutely. But let's get to starting. And I'm going to just quickly give you, and quite a lot of people know this already, it's quite, if people understand and know the origin of the word poltergeist. Yeah. Um, But it is German origin. And if you break it down, so polter or polten means to knock or like noise. And Geist is the German word for spirit. So when you put them two words together, it's like knocking spirit, noisy spirit, spirit, um, which is kind of the nature of a poltergeist. It's it's noisy. It 
making bangs, rappings, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, it's very prominent. Yes, and also our word ghost is kind of, it stems from the same word geist in um, like Latin roots and things like that. So they've both kind of have descended down because they are quite similar. So that's your... That was, that was before the um, 12th century, wasn't it? The word ghost originated. This is going to be going on for way back when. Yeah. So for generations, ghosts and paranormal has been very much a part of our culture. Of and, course, and very yeah. much, they was kind of super scared, weren't they? Middle Ages, that's super scared of everything. Yeah. Demons and all sorts. So we are going to give you a very, very quick kind of defining factors of poltergeist that you might not necessarily know um a few of these i was quite once when i was doing the research i thought oh that's quite interesting yeah so i thought i'll give you that so i think we've all seen the movies and we all understand um the basics of it all so it's, poltergeist it's nice is a very very famous yeah absolutely and i think if not the original but i think it was number three absolutely terrified me because you've got that evil man and he, yeah. he pops up in like the reflection of something, and I'll probably. I mean, we, we know that with every movie there's poetic license, but the nature of a poltergeist is terrifying. I've got to say, I mean, imagine walking in your house and all your furniture is stacked up to the ceiling. Uh, you know, and this is daily occurrence, it, it, it's terrifying. So, again, I think this is something that if you have an interest in the paranormal, you will have a, a basic understanding of poltergeist and I think kind of generally speaking this is something that you will probably already know but there's a real split view as to what a poltergeist is yes so some people believe that it is kind of an unknown energy that emanates from a person um, they say also a person uh, especially connected to um, females in puberty um, and people who are going through traumatic or upset experiences they say that the energy created by the person's own brain one theory is emanates energy outside of the body to create poltergeist activity uh, yeah, and, and, is and, it, one and it affects their surroundings theory. yeah yeah um yeah like you said um most often it tends to be around a woman more often girls pubescent Going through lots of changes, very hormonal, very kind of roller coaster times. That's uh, what's mostly reported. Mostly. Is that the case? It's not exclusive. Would, would, would that have happened to a teenage boy and he'd have gone forward? Maybe not so much as women, possibly. We don't know. But most reported cases yeah, are I, I, females. I, I think recorded cases, more often than not, it is centred around, or there is a teenage girl in the house that yes. the activity targets. Or is more often around. Yeah. Um, but then obviously there's the other side of that and they believe that it is a type of ghost or supernatural entity, um, whether that be demon or... A lot of the theories are that, you know, one one side of it is they think it's an angry ghost, you know, like a pissed off ghost. But I don't, I don't know myself. I think the poltergeist research that we've done and have known about throughout the years... I think it's so malevolent and so um, prominent. I I would say 
it's probably more than a pissed off noisy ghost. I think there's probably more to it. I think I could feed. I could feed into the fact that it is potentially demonic so, in absolutely, nature. Absolutely, that's what I'm. Yeah, I would. Um, yes. So also, um, there, a poltergeist is has certain characteristics. So if you have just a ghost, um, they have different ways of. Letting Making them, their presence known. Yeah, letting them know yeah. that you're there. So it is. They often start off subtly, and it is kind of the movement of objects. Very like you wouldn't really notice. You'd often think like, oh, oh, I must have moved that, or oh, that's strange. Yeah. You wouldn't then think, oh my goodness, I've got a poltergeist. poltergeist yeah. Um, some people say, and quite often report puddles of water that they don't they don't know where they've come from. Yeah. But again, you know, it's very or easy. Blood is being reported. Blood. blood coming from unknown places. But they always tend to escalate, and you, it might start I off. I think subtly, they escalate quite quickly. Though. Very, very quickly. Yeah. So again, like we'll go Enfield Haunting because it's the one I know the most about. It, you know, it started off with the moving of the chest of drawers. Still very terrifying because you know it was rattling and whatever else. But then all of us start the things that happened there. That was all very quick. I mean, in that case, interestingly, they say through research, because of course the SPR researched that, the Society of Psychical Research, but they say um, that some things they did discover, oh yeah, that wasn't a haunting, but the overall evidence was unexplained. So there were some things they said, yeah, it could have been the girl moving the stuff, some things they put down to, but the overall um, magnitude of the evidence mm-hmm. they could not explain and the SPR are such a professional group I think they kind of went with the not the narrative but the kind of the feeling that the kids I think the kids even admitted at one point that there were some things yeah, that, they had... that, that, that they played up to and they did play tricks but not everything was a trick yeah I think too many outside people witnessed oh my goodness. hands, and, even the police. And they're all credible witnesses. And yeah. I think there's like 30 plus witnesses to this, to that haunting. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, yeah, so as the haunting escalates, so it will start off quite small. Um, and then as it time goes on, then you kind of get the throwing of objects. Um, inexplicable noises heavy pieces of furniture being moved being dragged um it's certainly a haunting that that needs your attention oh 100 percent. yeah and as well from doing this research and and looking into lots of different poltergeist cases there are families that have actively tried to just not pay any attention and ignore it and it will just continue and, and be so blatant so it will literally like hover something in front of your face. Go, I am yeah, here. I'm here. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me. Because of course, a lot of parents and a lot of people in the house will say, "Oh no, it's just." And and it, don't forget, if you don't believe in something, you find it hard to comprehend Ex- it. Yeah. And explain it. So a lot of it, I should imagine, can be explained away until, especially in the beginning. Especially yeah. in the beginning, you know, people might quite often think, "God, I thought I was going mad," you know. I was putting something down and then it was over on the table or this went missing, that went missing. Yeah. It's... That's the thing with most hauntings. People always say, I thought I was going mad. Um, and really, you know... Because even as a believer, you still try to explain away. If some, When something happens, you instantly think, right, well, what, how can I explain that? 
Well, yeah, I mean, it was like my, my case, the cage. I never, ever for one minute thought I was going mad, but I did always try to explain it. Is the window open? Has yeah. a draft come through? Is there, are there mice in the loft? I never, ever once thought I'm going mad, not once. I, I was aware of what it was. I just tried to explain it. But as in poltergeist activity, there's a point when you but can't sometimes explain you, you can't explain away, you know, your, your, chest, your chest of drawers being dragged across the floor and there's nobody in there. Yeah. There's no gust of wind yeah. that's going to move that yeah. along. So um, poltergeist activity has been recorded for centuries. And there's cases yeah. dating back to the Middle Ages, not as extensively covered as, as kind of the modern day cases are, but they're certainly there. But they're typical of them times back then, it was linked to demons plaguing the world and playing tricks on people. People often thought as well it was linked to witchcraft or kind of people being unholy. Um, and that's kind of mm. the, the treatment you would receive. Yeah. But as well, they're... Poltergeists are as well documented throughout the world in every culture, in you know every country across the land. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. as well, they kind of link it to what their belief is. So some, um, you know, well, they try to explain it and rationalize. You know, in try in, to, in, in in their minds, yeah, their cultures and beliefs, yeah. Um, but we know we know it happens and has happened for centuries. Oh, of and course. It's something... Yeah, it's not a it's not a new thing. No, no, it's something that definitely exists. Um, poltergeists have been known as well i think again it's it's another real kind of telltale sign is the physical attack of people whether it be pushes and the levitation of people yeah, you know that scratches burns which 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 again go back to demons of course which, which, which is always associated with demons so i'm not sure again i agree with the pissed off ghost thing i think it's definitely more on the demonic side because of, like you said the scratches the force Mm-hmm. of the you know and and as well going back to that demon thing because of how quickly they come and go if that was a ghost in that house yeah that is something that would have been there for some time some some of these cases literally it's over the course of three days and then everything stops yeah i think what through research the average um time of um poltergeist activity is two to five months, I, I believe, and then, and in some cases, it's gone on years. But it seems to be bursts of intense, mm-hmm. and that's activity. the right word. It is, it's intense. And I think if that was a normal haunting, if that was a ghost, I don't think they just come in to terrorise you, then leave just as quickly. No, 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 um, no. I think that's why I think there's something a lot more to it, just being a pissed off ghost. Yes, and I just, I think there's lots of ways that they are brought into the home. Um, there's a few that I've read. Oh, what I'm sure as well, it was the Enfield Haunted again. The girls later admitted to doing a Ouija board. Yeah, well, of course. I not, mean, that's not, a classic. Not, not long before. You want to get so, bad in your house, do a Ouija board, end of subject. I mean, so, all these people think they can close them down. Listen, you open that door, you can't close it, and I don't believe It's not something to, yeah. to play around no, with. No, definitely not. Um, so, that, a word of advice yeah, from us. Yeah, please don't, yeah. Please do not mess around. And if you do... Then happy days and you know you, on yeah. your own head be it and it's i think there's not a child in the land and no matter how much of their parents are skeptics will always say you don't mess around with that yeah you don't don't matter how much of a skeptic they are everyone knows yeah. that you do not mess around with don't mess things. with something you don't understand 
Pandora's box. You open it, can't put it back. So, that moves us on quite nicely to the first one of our cases that I've researched for you. So, the location in London that we are visiting today for both of these is Croydon. Okay, yeah. Have you been to Croydon? I've never been to Croydon. I don't know what I think of it, really, (laughs) because I know a few people from Croydon. They're not the nicest people I've met in my life. you can't say that. No, but I'm sure Croydon's full of lovely people. I, you know, where we live, there's some not very nice people. Yeah, but these but... days you can't say people from Croydon. <laughs> You'll get hate mail and all sorts. Well, um, swipe that statement from the record, my lud. No, that's all right. They know I don't mean no harm. Anyway, this story is from the 30s. Okay, yeah. And all the research that I have got from you today is from a book by Kate Summerscale, and the book is called The Haunting of Alma Fielding, who is the figure central to this yeah, case, this story. focused around the story, okay. So, on the 20th of February, 1938, the Sunday Pictorial, which we would all know now as the Sunday Mirror. Okay, yeah. Um, had a call from a 43-year-old housewife, which is Alma Fielding, saying... I've got some weird things going on here. Get yourself over. I've got a story for you. That must have been taken a lot for a woman in that generation of time in those years to have rung up and said, listen, I'm in trouble here. I need help. And I bet you that had been going a long time before she eventually had the courage to Because to, to how reach out easy for help. would it have been for them to go, right, we've got another nutter on the phone. In, in the nutter yeah. home. Get her in. Yeah. Oh, she's a woman. Yeah, get, get her locked up. Yeah. Now, she lives with her husband, Les, her son, Don, and they have a lodger called George. Oh. My nan had a lodger for years back in the day. Um, I think that was quite a normal thing. Yeah, he was a screw from... Um, oh, my God. The prison, the prison in East Acton. Scrubs. Wormwood. Wormwood, yeah, the scrubs, yeah. Massive talk. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Anyway, Carry yes. On, yeah. So they, she had a lodger, and she said to the people on the news desk, like... There are things going on in this house that I cannot explain. Come up, come over, I've got a story for you. So, the Sunday pictorial send over uh, two reporters to Croydon to her house and the activity started as soon as they've knocked and she's opened the door. So, they've opened the door and with that they saw an egg fly down the corridor and it lands right at their feet. Okay. Now, I don't know if it... Because eggs are in, are symbolic, aren't they? I don't know if that's... No, I don't think poltergeist activity are, are too much worried about symbolic. It could have been a bloody... Just because it's easy to armchair. throw. Armchair. I think I'd rather an egg land at my feet than Me an too, armchair. Yeah. But there we go. Um, but undeterred, they go in and she kind of leads them into the house. And as they go into a kitchen, a pink china dog ornament... Yeah. Um falls on the floor, smashes, and then one of them old-fashioned tin openers, you know the ones, that like sharp ones, that yeah. you'd have to like dig? The like butterfly kind of No, not them thing. ones. It's like... Oh, yes. And you, yeah, you real dig old it fashioned. out, the real one. Yeah, well, the anyway, ones, yeah. without that, that f- whizzes through the air, all past their heads, and they think, right, Jesus, what's going on here? <sighs> so they carry on. She makes them all a cup of tea, very English, and go and sit in the front room yeah. to kind of discuss what's been happening, get a bit more of a backstory. 
So she's got her finest china out. She's got guests over, and as, as she, they did in those days, as they did, we've got guests coming. Yeah, get the fine, get the china. fine china out. Get yeah. that out. So she's sitting in in the front parlour. Yeah, of course. And the teacup and saucer, of course, lifted out of her hands as she sat there. So the reporters are sat there, husband's there as well, and the teacup and the saucer are out of her hands. And literally it kind of... Do you know like if you was at a carnival and you got the shooting range, like that kind of ping, not that tin Yeah, ping. that noise, ping, yeah. Right, well, there was that huge bang in the air and the teacup just kind of splinters and shattered da- yeah and, and just smashes in the air she tries her luck and i'm not too sure why but she goes for a second cup probably to calm her nerves <laughs> i should probably put an extra sugar in listen for the english all we need is a cup of tea it cu- cup of tea cu- cu- cure all. everything um so she goes for the second cup now as she's drinking from this cup the saucer explodes in her hands and cuts quite badly her fingers. Yeah, that's not that's not funny. that's not yeah, good. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's it's deep enough that they need to go and get some medical not medical assistance, but they need to get Wrap a centre. So yeah, she's yeah. she's bandaging it up and stuff. And as she's doing that, the reporters hear a, a, a crash in the kitchen, where and when they go and investigate, a wine glass which is locked away in a cabinet. Is just shattered on the floor. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and back to the eggs, they see an egg well in the front room door and crack against the sideboard. That's some serious activity. Uh, and that's a real short amount of time. Yeah, that's a very short amount of time, yeah. Um, also, <clears throat> as well, while they're sitting there, a giant chunk of coal rose from the grate. So, um... Like they would so have had is five. this the reporters that are saying this? This is the reporters that are saying this. Right, what well, they were witnessing. Okay. Um, and <coughs> the giant piece of coal is kind of going across the room and is really goes really close to their heads, inches away, they say, and it smacks into the wall. So they, I'm assuming quite hurriedly, have left the house. They've got, they've got what they need. Yeah. And yeah. they publish the piece. And this piece is front page news. It would, yeah. They've put that on the front page, and I've got the news. I've got the front page to that newspaper. I've posted it on our Instagram. So if you're listening to this and you want to have a look at it, go onto the Haunted Podcast official on Instagram, and then the um, the front page is there for you to have a look at. Um, and the headline for it is: This is the most curious front page story we have ever printed. In an ordinary terrace in Croydon, some malevolent ghosty force is working miracles. Miracles. Poltergeist, that's what the scientists call it. The spiritualists, they say it's caused by a mischievous earthbound spirit. So that is kind of it really big. It's in the public eye. Off it's the a- bat, just from listening to what you're saying, um, of course, in those days, they couldn't do trickery. They didn't know the invisible wires. There was that, that you know. You're talking about and especially to, the war. To, to, this is a long time ago. To stage this in a, why would you you know in a, a, a very normal house in Croydon? Yeah. 
and she's not she's not getting paid five hundred quid like that's like it. people there's, do now for front page. There's news. no money involved in this. No. She, she, you know, she's asking for a bit of help here. I would also imagine when the reporters went back to their editor and said, "Listen, I need to tell you this story." They would have had to have been one hundred percent genuine because otherwise the fella, I'm sure, would have said, "I oh, really, oh, oh, hold right, on a minute, yeah. there's another." You know, it's quite a bizarre thing in those days uh-huh. to make a headline uh, a, a front page. Um, so the lady that has written this book and researched this book has gone to the Society for Psychical Research, the SPR, SPR. which is huge. The SPR have been going for over a hundred years and they have their, even to this day, have their offices in South Kent and they are there to prove the existence of life after death. They're not ghost hunters. They're not when it's, you know, they're it's very, very the, scientifically the based. Behind, yes. And most people that investigate from the, you know, some of them are aeroplane pilots, physicists, scientists. Mm-hmm. These people are actually very, very high-grade, intelligent people who are looking for an answer. And let me tell you, I've had experience with them myself. You don't get their attention easily. They're very, very meticulous on the cases they take on because they are in effect scientists who need to find mm-hmm. um, an explanation now the SBR has been something that's been around for some time I think it was yeah it's over 110 yeah, years I was going to say yeah. I think it's kind of Victorian era that it was established and they, they say they're the best in the world well I would agree they have you know, I would society agree. a psychical researcher um well anyway so if you're if you want to look into a, a ghost story that's kind of got a bit of backing that's the kind of place you're going to look so she's gone to the archives which are in cambridge to have a look so there is a famous ghost hunter established with this story so his name is nandor fodor 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 nando fodor nandor fodor Nandor Fedor. Nandor Fedor. I'm just right. Let's call him Nandor or Fedor. What do you reckon, Fedor? Well, where, where's his? Nandor Fedor. Oh yeah, Nandor Fedor. Door to door. Sorry. And he was the man that investigated this case. Sorry, I, I've just. Sorry, I have to. Cut. It's just reminding me of my favourite joke. Go on. Nandor Fedor. Why are there so many? D's in Edward Woodward's name. Why are there so many D's in Edward Woodward's name? I don't know. Because otherwise his name would be E Woo Woo Woo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, just, it's a similar thing, Nandor for Dork. No, but E Woo Woo Woo. Yeah, no, sorry, E Woo Woo Woo. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, again, I don't anyway, risk. So, he investigated the Croydon poltergeist, which it was kind of known as. But he worked for the rival of the SBR, which okay. was the International Institute for Psychical Research. Okay. Um, but they were kind of disbanded in the in the 40s and a lot of their records were lost during the war to German bombs. So the SBR got hold of these records and kept them in their right. archive. In their, for their research. For their, for, okay, yeah. yeah so, and that is the only reason that, because a lot don't of... mention the war. A lot of their research is gone. And I'm not going to mention the war anymore. But it was, <laughs> but it was a German bomb that got rid of it. <laughs> we did win. But don't mention uh, the war. You can't win stop a war. Stop bringing it up. <laughs> right. 
Um, now, in his research, he believed that all of the activity was coming from her. And he believed that it was being produced by some kind of repressed memories or, or energy from yeah from or, or yeah, less, yeah okay. for, uh, but he he didn't believe that it was a malevolent spirit or a demon or anything like that. He was on the understanding that it was her that creating was creating herself. Yeah, um, okay. So he did an unbelievable amount of tests on her, and in all of the research, they've got things like X-rays, photographs. Um, recordings, I'd imagine they did their version of brain activity scans or whatever, Everything you, know. you could imagine that they could do to test something, they had it and it was all on file. Okay, yeah. To kind of test to see how all of this was, they was trying to get an understanding of what was going on and how it was happening. Um, so they obviously believed that this was absolutely not a hoax. Not a test. hoax. Yeah, yeah. And they okay. wanted to understand it. So in order to understand it a little bit more, they remove Alma from the house and they take her to the International Institute of Psychical Research, which was in Kensington, and him and a group of his colleagues saw her materialise a diamante brooch in thin, from thin air, just materialise this really? object. Yeah, it's all documented. And she went on then to produce more writing. So an ancient oil lamp, a white mouse... When you say materialise, you mean physically? Physically, so it's, there. it's there. It's there. I don't know whether it materialises in her hands. That seems way or... fantastical, but when the SPR say this, I have No, this is not the SPR. But... Oh, this is not the SPR. It's the rival. Oh, right, but you said it was in Kensington a minute ago, so you meant that... Yeah, so the, it's, the International Institute was in Kensington. For the German ones? I don't know if they were German... But the sorry the yeah the the rival the rival firm yeah yeah so diamante brooch ancient oil lamp a white mouse a scarab beetle Mm. and a sparrow so she's producing living things as well as inanimate objects which I (sighs) I have a hard time yeah so do I believing personally yeah so do I. Not to say it's I've not... Never heard, to be honest, I've never heard of it before. Someone ever, ever producing... I have heard of people... An animal. I mean, Materialising things. I know there was a documentary I watched about um, this woman who kind of um, is a spiritualist medium and she has her um, a special cupboard that she gets into and she materialises things and stuff from this cupboard. Um, again... I'm not too sure how much I believe in it. But either way, this is what they've said. Okay, um, so we're just discussing what they've said. So Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and again, they've, they've done all the methods they can to kind of test and see what's going on. And this is all that information has been retained. But from that research, they... Well, Fodor has had a guess that she sometimes faked some of it to keep his attention... But overall... Yeah, but how can you, you fake some of it to keep his attention? If this type of activity she, she's producing is so great, how can she fake something? I mean, by now, her ability is obviously credible, is obviously that she, she's got their attention. I don't, I don't know. 
I think I think he's I think in the why would she if you can materialise an animal materialise yeah. why would you, why would fake you... anything else and, and in all honesty if she could do that well my god she'd be the next uh, living Jesus or something yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. she'd be she'd be renowned but yeah. she's she, do you know Alma Fielding ever heard of her no I haven't actually she kind of she kind of disappeared and you know if yeah. you have these powers I know things can dissipate over time but I don't know, I have a hard time with it. But he believed that she faked some, but he had no doubt in his mind that the original poltergeist activity from the home was genuine, completely genuine. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty good conclusion. So do I, yeah. Um, to come to. Um, I think if what those reporters said happened, there were no trick wires, there were no nothing like that, then obviously there's definitely something very unusual and crazy going on there. Um Fodor was struck off, yeah. ultimately. Oh, he was, yeah. And well, why was he struck off? He, the methods he used to weren't get, considered to get he to get his evidence was frowned upon at that time. We, I, they don't go into detail what his oh, methods were. So we don't were. really know. We don't particularly know, but you know, we can't judge then if we don't know. We don't really so we know. Say he was struck off for for. for I don't, probably our version of misconduct maybe who knows but he maintained that he believed that all of the activity was caused by some childhood trauma or a repressed memory or something that a part of her that she shut away but was able to access yeah. to kind of manipulate her surroundings yeah. so which is a popular theory even to this day with postcards yeah, yeah. okay so that is story one. Well, that's really interesting, actually. Um, especially for the time period. Um, I think it's yeah. quite out there for the time period, especially yeah, from a woman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do we know, did she make any money out of this? Was there any advantage to her personally? Or is it just... I don't think there w would have been in those days... I mean, listen, it was just before the war. I mean, no, nobody was earning a fiver, really. I mean, she, she wouldn't have become... She wouldn't have got on TV of it or got her own TV show. No, so. no. But at that time, there was a real surgence... An interest in... in spiritualism. Contacting. Because we'd just had World War One, We'd just kind of gotten over the Spanish flu epidemic. Which so many... Oh, my goodness. Including my great-granddad. He, he, he got past World War One and died of the Spanish flu. And, of course, like you say... Relatives were desperate to connect. Well, there with was one. millions, millions, millions and millions of people dead in a very, again, a very short amount of time, and a lot of people gone before their time. So you you had a lot of grieving people desperate by any means to hold on to to, to, to reach out. To, so there yeah. was a real surgence in that time of um, you know mediumship, seances, you know ghost hunting. I suppose in in some respect. So I don't know whether she kind of wanted to gain some kind of notoriety in that circle. I'm not I mean, I'm, really, I'm we're playing sure. devil's advocate. Of course, we, we'll never truly know. We'll, we'll never really An know. interesting story, though. A very Absolutely, interesting story. Yeah. And um, It's definitely one to keep on the back burner, and um, I'm going to be a bit undecided. I lean more, more to believing her until it got to the bit where she's materialising animals. Yes. Then I'm not... 
I, yeah, it's... But then seeing as Fodor got disbanded, maybe there was... Something going on. But again, but we'll anyway. never know. But it still, it still makes facts, it an, yeah. an incredible story. And um, in amongst that all as well, there there are more incidents that happen. But I kind of... I wanted to keep it yeah, quite short. Otherwise we'll, yeah. So if you do want to kind of know a little bit more about it, um, like I said, there is a book out there uh, that I mentioned... Um, you know, if you do want to know more about that story, that's available to buy on Amazon. I've seen it. Just type it in. Um, now, we st we stay in Croydon. Now, I don't know if there's something special about Croydon that produces poltergeists, but... Oh, I don't know anyone from Croydon. Now, there's... Researching it, there are three very well-known poltergeist cases from Croydon. And it's not a big place. Mm. And, you know... There's Were a, they spanned over a lot of years or quite close together? Quite or? reasonably close together. So we're kind of, we're going to the 70s now. So okay, a, so a, we're a, to 39, now we're going to 70s. A completely different time. Yeah, the war, the Second World War has been done. And done. Well, the 60s had happened, so now we're getting more. The 60s was a nice refresher and we're starting well, fresh. Yeah. And it's, you know, people are getting out of, you know, it's very dark and oppressive times. You know, people are... Yeah. enjoying themselves more, living life a bit more, people a bit more free-spirited and Absolutely. not so uptight. Absolutely, more freedoms. And, and... and the world was changing, it was transforming. There was so many things going on. TV was up and coming, music yeah. was good. Free love. Free love for all. I love Free. the 70s. Yes, that was the 60s and the 70s. Well, there you go. I mean, you God, go. you know what they say, the 90s was the um, version of the 60s, so... Right, great. But I missed that anyway, one. I missed yeah, that you one. missed that. Yeah, I was, uh, I was involved in all the 90s, but you didn't. Anyway, next case. So, we are now going to a case known as the Thornton Heath Poltergeist. Okay. Now, there's a man who has written extensively on this subject and is probably, from my research of this, the kind of most knowledgeable or has done the most research or has published the most about mm. this and that is a man called John Fraser from the SPR um, now the book he writes about it's the book is called Poltergeist which again by John Fraser and that is available online just type that in it will come up but on the cover of that it says in, uh, features the story the cage which is prison which obviously is your house I mean I know John Fraser very well I find him to be a very intelligent, considered, meticulous man. Um, he's, uh, I don't know, he, I think people like him are, um, they're, they're not, when I first reached out to him many, many years ago um, to the SPR, um, I didn't have a clue what to do, what was going on in my house. So somebody said to me, I was advised to go to the SPR. I literally had to fill out probably weeks and weeks worth of forms and information really? and questions. Oh, yeah, before he would... So can anyone, would can anyone approach the SBR? I think anyone can approach them, but you, you, they'd get what I got. Now, there, there was literally so much information. I mean, I remember writing it for days. And off the back of my information back, John Fraser would then decide to investigate it or, or want to have a follow-up conversation so what's not. his role I mean, in the it's SPR? Really hard. Can you remember? He, he, he's, he, he's a member of the SPR. So you know, is he an, an investigator or? I don't. Has it been a while? I think we need to get John Fraser on this podcast, and you know, going forward to, to talk more about this. Um, 
all I know is that he's um, a very valued and important member he's, of the he's SBR. A, he's a very well-respected man, and it's a name and that I know. And also writes the 14 times for the SBR. And he's just a very... It's hard to explain what he's like. I, I think we'll leave that bit of it and the cage bit of it until we can ask uh, John Fraser kindly to come on and talk. Then he can tell the people himself. I think uh-huh. that's, yeah. for right now, that's the f- fairest thing to do for John so he can give his own credentials and accolades. But for one personally, I, I've got a lot of respect for the man. So, yeah, so this case, he writes about in his book Poltergeist, so he covers a lot of cases, including your own. And this is in Thornton Heath, which is a part of Croydon. Mm. Um, and it's set in the 70s. I said in the 70s, like it's a film. The story is, is, from, the, is from the 70s, early 70s. Um, and again, a family played and tormented by Poltergeist. Um, and it all starts one August night. And yeah. they're all in bed. And in the middle of the night, um, one of their bedside radios comes blaring on and is tuned in uh, somehow into a, a station with a completely foreign language. I didn't have a clue what they were saying, but in the middle of the night, it's gone full blast on completely different radio channel. Mm. And we know radios back then, it's not dabbed now. Where yeah, it's not like now. You'd where, have to, yeah. fi- you physically have to move and turn. And I could imagine you probably have to pull the aerial up as well. Let's be honest, if we're talking back then, You'd certainly have to, to receive get the signal. right noise to get the right... Yeah, absolutely. But this is the first event okay. that kind of... That unusual event that made them... Aware, that they was aware of. Yeah. That made them go, oh, that well, was hold weird. Hold on, that's a bit weird, yeah. Hang on a minute. Um, and then from that point, the kind of... The haunting spans about four years. But um, I'm going to give you a few of the um, most notorious events that happened in that time okay yeah so they have reported that a lampshade was repeatedly knocked up and down on the, the floor nothing touching it just an just up and down just up bouncing and down. itself up and yeah. down and crack, making yeah. a horrendous noise um that would terrify me if I saw that personally. So I'm not surprised. You'd crying. I would cry. <laughs> Don't take much. <laughs> You'd call me. Next. Oh, no. <laughs> you best come round. Best come round quick. Um, another kind of notorious incident is Christmas. Christmas time, 1972. Um, so there was a, an ornament, Christmas ornament, is flown across the room and it smashes into the husband's forehead. Oh no. Can you imagine? Jesus. He was probably sitting there eating our egg and chicken, yeah. reading the paper, and then he gets an ornament to the head. Yeah, or even something maybe a bit nicer seeing as it's Christmas, but you don't expect that. My but that's violent. That's a violent act. Yeah, that's yeah. Because an ornament, especially old fashioned ornaments, they were quite. They were good. built to last. They, they were good. Those days. Yeah, that would hurt. You were thrown that with some force for that to smash on someone's forehead. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that's quite dangerous. Um, also, the Christmas tree shook violently. Yeah, I've had experience of stuff like that. Yeah, I get really? that. Yeah. What yeah, Christmas absolutely. tree? No, not Christmas tree, but well, something, something very similar something... at Christmas, which shook oh, so okay. violently. But that's for another another, oh, another well, show. You, you can tell me after. That's we need interesting. To rem- yeah. Um, and again, all over this Christmas period, so you're kind of going into New Year as well. Footsteps 
upstairs in the bedrooms, which I think is a very classic, I want to say symptom, it's not a symptom, is it, but a sign of a haunting, or a poltergeist even. So really loud, heavy footsteps um, upstairs in the bedroom. One night though, and this is the thing that I thought was interesting, because I always considered poltergeist to be an invisible force. Yeah, and and so, and I think I'm, I feel the same. Yeah, off the back of what of what I, my yeah, knowledge yeah, of, and what I know. Or seen, yeah. So one night, the couple's son woke up to find a man in old-fashioned clothing staring at him, but quite menacingly. Like he wasn't happy that with this boy, and that's quite a sight, isn't it? If you're a little boy waking up and seeing an old old boy. But you see that, see that that doesn't sit well with me. To me. My natural instincts and what I understand of this world is a poltergeist wouldn't appear as a, as a human. You know, that's a pissed off ghost, and I don't think poltergeist activity. But this, uh, yeah, that's that's because it, my understanding is it's an unseen. There could, but there could be two different different things going conflict, on there. Conflicting, I mean, I, yeah, but maybe. you're right. What you say that you never thought poltergeist would appear. I certainly wouldn't think that'd appear as an old man. There could have been two things, separate things going on there. Yeah. So that's kind of, that happened, so it's kind of, it's escalating now. They're scared, the family are frightened. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but it, it gets worse, so they've got friends over, they're entertaining uh, one night, and there's a, a very, very, very loud knocking at the front door. And as they're all sitting there, the living room door flies open, and all the lights in the house get turned on. Mm. And they're all sitting there, just like, dumbfounded, like what's going on what's happening yeah. again again a, a very scary thing yeah especially when you don't expect it and it's random and maybe it, you might be able to answer this question at, at that time would that would they be embarrassed by that because they've got guests over i know kind of in the kind of 60s 70s there's still that well, kind of pride essentially that's the thing i was born in 72 so i don't know i'd have to ask my parents how mm. they would have felt i don't know what adults uh, uh, in those years would have felt, of course, if that had been 39, like we were discussing in our previous yeah. case, would have said absolutely it would have been an embarrassment. Um, I don't know, we just had the 60s, you know, I, I don't know. Because they've still got that kind of... Depends um, how old they are. How old they Well, they've got a son, a young son, so... So they wouldn't have been... Yeah, they're not old. They're not pensioners. They're not okay, old. So they're relatively... Um, yeah. So... With all this going I on. think either, whatever age you are, it would have been, like, really... Maybe it's a bit taboo. What do we... Yeah. Because... It, How do we explain it? How do we explain this to the people? Let's say, oh, say hello to our ghost. Yeah, exactly. They probably wouldn't have... No, but they didn't have that. most haunted and things back then, did they? So yeah. it's... It, it, and we it, went past the 30s, yeah, the 20s and the 40s. All of that the kind of spiritualist yeah, has gone. And the 70s gone. is... It's not, it's not no. really... We've done the free love. Now we're into disco tech, and we're into obviously a completely new era. And we're kind of we're still short of like Amateurville. Yeah. When they were again like in the eighties, like you've got like the yeah, it's interesting. And... I'd have to ask my parents. I don't know. It's a weird time. I, I wouldn't know, but yeah. But interesting yeah. nonetheless. Well, with all of this, they try and get the house blessed, and it doesn't work. Do they call in a, a, a religious person, or is it? A medium, or do, do we know? Is that information there? That's not available to me at this time. Okay, so they, but they, they have tried. They, they are. Something. They have made an attempt, and my assumption is they don't know any like shamans to come round and, and like I can imagine it's probably a local 
priest vicar, yeah. a, a religious kind yeah. of blessing of the house. Okay. Um, but objects continued to fly through the air. There were lots of loud noises still heard. And again, they would often hear noise like dragging a furniture, moving a furniture, crashing, banging, all very typical, you know, poltergeist From what I understand, poltergeist activity. activity yeah. A medium, so they've at this, like after all of this, they've now called in a medium. They've reached out. They've reached out, yeah. And he has come to the house, but advises the family that it's haunted by a farmer named Chatterton and that he considered the family trespassers on his property and that's why he is acting out, why he's angry, why he's And that aggressive. is a very natural and normal cycle of, of, of a lot of hauntings as we know. I just... It still can't... I'm still unsure after all these discussions is a pissed off ghost the same as a poltergeist. I... I'm not sure if I still have the answer to that. So then, it, if if they're to be believed, of course, because you know a lot of mediums say lots of different things. Of course, um, I'm still uncertain. Is a poltergeist something demonic? Because to me, it just feels. It, it, has, it has that feel because it's menacing. You know, it's. We we know so so many haunted cases where there's piss off ghosts, where there's you know it's their land, it's are... their property. But they don't usually stack up chairs and, and, and as violent as per se poltergeist activity. Mm -hmm. I am not convinced a poltergeist is a ghost, a noisy ghost. Maybe I'm wrong, listen, who knows? I'll know when I'm dead. But from what we know so far. Yeah, from our from our understanding. And I, the research yeah. done on the, the matter. So obviously he said that it's um a farmer named Chatterton. And he thought, right, you're in my house, bugger off. But the the family looked into the history of the house and there was a man called Chatterton that lived there in the mid, kind of, 18th century. Right. Which is quite, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, the psychic... Yeah, there must have been a bloodline somewhere. Somewhere. There, there to be both Chatterton's, yeah. So, the no, the, that family's not Chatterton's. The man haunting... Yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. the man haunting, but... Um, the medium also said as well that Chatterton's wife had joined in with the, with causing all the mayhem, and the 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 lady, the woman in the house, of the wife would quite often report that as she's kind of going up the stairs at night, going to bed, that she would be followed by an elderly grey-haired woman wearing a pinafore with her high tear back hair tied back in a bun, and she would often see her and say that she'd kind of would disappear into the into the shadows that's a ghost well, well i would say so not a poltergeist i would say so um they also said as well that they would often report seeing the farmer appear on the television screen wearing a black jacket with a wide pointed lapels a high neck shirt and black cravat hmm. I'd hate to say it. Well, farmers wouldn't wear that. Is there is there day no. attire? And sounds would it very be his funeral much, wear? No, his but it sounds wear? very much like the film Poltergeist. If you think about the villain, the man, he appears on the telly and in reflections of things. Yeah, but had Poltergeist come out by the time they're saying this? Shall I Google it quick? Okay, so we're talking early seventies. Poltergeist surely was later than that. 
Let's just have a quick look. I mean, to me, from what you just said... 1982. Yeah, exactly. All oh, right, so... So, to me, from what you just said, if he was a farmer, then to have that type of attire, it would be in his coffin. It would be on his... his Maybe day. Sunday best. Sunday best, if he if he went to church. Yeah. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. Um, to me, it doesn't read poltergeists. I mean... Uh, but but let's be honest, the reason we're talking about it, because it's quite a famous, well-documented story. Yeah. Okay, it's not as famous as many that make movies it's these not, days. It's not massively well-documented, though. But, and, it, but yeah. it's still big enough for us to be able to research oh, it and course, find it quite course, easily. Yeah. So it was obviously made, yeah, you know, there's, it's there's, mark in the day. And I think they made a film about it. Quite well, there you go then. So, so it's... Um, but when the, fam the family moved out of the house eventually, and when they did... There was no further activity, and there has been no further activity in the house since. The interesting thing they say about poltergeists is they attach to people, people not as places. A, as opposed to places. So if that was a genuine, let's sort of say, um, a genuine poltergeist as opposed to haunting, mm -hmm. a haunting would attach, in many cases, to a property. To a property. Now, if that was Chatterton... Or location, or... Yeah, and that was his family ancestral house and everything. He would have stayed in that property. He certainly wouldn't have gone up the road to a council or wherever they went next. Um, but poltergeist activity attaches to a person. So they could go over the seas or up the road and that, that activity would follow them. So, Because there is a case, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember it, but it's, it's, it's a, it's, you know, follows the kind of narrative of a normal poltergeist story where you know it's a family with a like, teenage girl they've got this activity it's all very scary the family move and i think it's like cross country it might be in america and they for a couple of weeks all is quiet all is well and they think we've left it behind we'll yeah. you know let's start again let's let's put it all out the back of our minds and then all of a sudden it starts, starts again. Starts up I know again. what they say is, they used to say, I don't know if it's still a common theory these days, that they can't follow you across water. That was always the, you know, the common thing said. Personally, I don't believe that. I think we've had evidence to, to disprove that. But yeah, I th think if it's attached to you personally, listen, we're talking about things we, we can never understand. We can talk about this every week for... God knows how many years. We'll never have We're an never going to know. When we die, we, we'll have some more answers. But at the minute, we don't. We can only go off, research what's documented and spending so much time like we do, listening, learning, researching, to try and find the answers to this stuff. Because really, I, you know, I, I, I don't know where the answer is. No, and I think this is just a very 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 small snippet in the kind of world of poltergeist activity and it it's i think as technology evolves you know everyone has a camera in their pocket everyone has the ability to film and so the nowadays yeah. so it's being more and more documented i know that there is a couple on tiktok i will find it for you after this and show you some of the videos it is absolutely terrifying. They live in what I consider to be like a fairly new build house, but the activity in there is spectacular. I think what we need to do in this case of Poltergeist is certainly talk to John Fraser mm -hmm. and see if he's willing to come on and discuss his book. I think there's lots of other cases that we have discussed this week, which obviously I haven't got the time for today. And I think let's put it 
and just say that we're, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put go a bookmark in it now. And it's, this is this is definitely let's a topic we'll on. revisit. Let's, let's get John Fraser on, member of the SPR. Let's have an expert's opinion. But listen, you and me are just we're not experts. We're we're just you know trying to work it out. Let us get him on. Let's ask him if he can come on, and let's start again with this. Because to be honest, I yeah. think there's we can't possibly cut, get to the bottom of this and in an hour. I think as well. We personally would love, love, love if you've had oh, any absolutely. kind of poltergeist activity going on at home, or you've had it, or you are having it, and especially you'd like some advice. For, you know, yeah, especially we'll try if it our was best for a week or two, or in a short time period. Anything, anything, any stories, really. Please, really please, please let us know. I think you know we have. I think we. I consider us who both have witnessed and been involved in extensively impact but with a poltergeist or have we, seen but, a we are so, but that will come to you and we will explain all of that but oh yeah definitely future, yeah. so but you come talk to us message us if you if you are experiencing these things you know we are by no means leading experts in the field but you know we just certainly know a thing or two and we might be able to you know guide you and advise you as best we can or put you on to people that can help you exactly because we've both in our own ways been through this treat us as a directory years. um but you can do that so if you head on over to the um our instagram it's the at haunted the haunted podcast official uh our email address is on there. If you haven't got Instagram, the email address is thehauntedpodcastofficial at gmail.com. Send us in your stories. Send us in what's going on. We'll we'll discuss them. We'll we'll pick them apart and we'll try our best to, to guide you or point you in the right direction, definitely. But yeah, I, I think we will revisit the topic of poltergeist. It's Yeah, I think we have to. There's too much to say. There's and there's so many stories and so many there's so much fantastic evidence that I've seen um, over the years and I've like I said more so now that the technology is coming along, you know imagine in the seventies if they had a phone in their pocket they'd be able, yeah. oh quick it's going and they'd be able to yeah, film it and document yeah or more time you yeah. know imagine that so yeah so that is episode two of the haunted podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will be back with you next week. We've got a we've got our case already. It's yes. a well, I say a famous haunted location. I did a poll on the Instagram the other day asking who you know who's heard mm. of this location, and I would say I think the result turned out to be like eighty two percent of people had had never even heard of it. Right. Before. Well, I haven't heard of it about it. So when you sent it to me, yeah. I hadn't. It's, but so it's, it's our a story aim is I've to, always known. To br always bring you um, stories and investigations that we can't necessarily Google and, you know, that aren't so well known. Yeah, and I think Charlotte's going to do... We don't want to go do... over the old stuff. Yeah, Charlotte, our, our resident historian... He's going to do some research for that case, so we'll be able to give you some backstory, maybe a little bit of understanding as to what happened yeah, when Yeah, and hopefully next and time Charlotte will be able to do that herself in her own voice so yeah, we don't have to, to struggle to through the dramas of historical facts which we know <laughs> absolutely nothing about. But our, our historian does, so. Yeah, so thank you again for listening and we will be back next week. Um, thank you, God in bless. In the meantime, yeah, God bless. Behave yourselves and have a really good week. Yeah. See you later. Take care.